Welcome in to the Fantasy Tilt Podcast. Here are your hosts, Keaton Denley and Nate Hamilton. Hello and welcome to the Fantasy Tilt Podcast. I'm your host, Keaton Denley, joined as always by my favorite analyst, Nate Hamilton. How are you doing tonight, Nate? I'm doing good um, right now. I, I'm in a nail biter and because we're recording this Monday night. Well, we're doing a little uh, day early for us. That's right. And I'm in a nail biter um, in one of my leagues. I've got Justin Jefferson and Kirk Cousins up against AJ Brown. And there's less than a point that separates us. And it's only the third quarter. I would say I feel really comfortable, but Kirk Cousins is not playing very well. So I'm, I'm a little scared. That sounds like a tilt pending. Yeah, that could possibly be next week's tilt, so stay tuned. Or, or depending on how it goes, if you're watching the game live, maybe we get one breaking news tilt. It could happen as that game happen. goes on. Hopefully not, but but you know perhaps we'll, we'll stay tuned for that one. So we're going to get into a little bit of news that's going to be a quarterback centric uh, news night for us tonight. <clears throat> uh, we are recording this while the Monday night football games are happening, so forgive us if we miss anything that's going on in the background of those. Uh, but we'll get into those. We'll get into our tilts, and then we've got some waiver wire pickups. This is a little bit of an earlier show for us, so we're going to try to get get you guys some things that we've noticed, spots you may be able to get a spot starter or um, improve your team via the waiver wire. So getting into the quarterback-centric news section here, we're going to go through mainly touching on, on four teams that have some uh, either known situations of quarterback or, or you know somebody's a little bit nicked up. And we will we'll talk about these, the effects on the team, and what you should be doing. Um, maybe whether it's related to that quarterback specifically or the playmakers on those teams. We are going to start with the Los Angeles Chargers and Justin Herbert. He does have fractured cartilage. Now, I wasn't really aware that you could even fracture cartilage until I heard of this injury. <laughs> right. Um, but not a broken rib, so a positive there. There was an interesting bit of news that I just saw today. and It was actually a Bleacher Report story, so i got to bring this to you guys. The doctor who the team doctor for the Chargers is the same team doctor that was there when Tyrod Taylor had his rib injury. Oof. And if you remember, it was a it was a pain management issue with Tyrod. <laughs> they were going to inject him before the game, and the doctor punctured his lung. Mm. That's now the same doctor treating Justin Herbert, and and there will be riots if if he punctures. Wouldn't that have been? Like I would hate to say that he he probably did it on purpose with Tyrod, but but you know, um, to to me, if he wasn't fired, maybe it was part of the plan. I don't know. I mean, but yeah, I'm with you. If 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 something happens to Herbert under this guy's watch, um, yeah, watch out, man. Yeah. So um, apparently Tyrod is actively suing this guy for malpractice, which I I don't blame him. The guy was supposed to give you a pain injection and punctures your lung. Yeah. Um. Yikes. But anyway. So uh, it, it seems to be a pain management issue for Justin Herbert. He was obviously um, belabored. I mean, he was struggling through, to get through the rest of that game, but was still, when he needed to, able to put some zip on it. He had a 35-yard pass that looked pretty good, but then he had the one right before that where he could barely get it back to the line of scrimmage. So um, hopefully they do get him uh, in a situation where he's protected and, and able to, to play. Nate, are you comfortable rolling out Justin Herbert or the weapons for the Chargers? I am. I mean, you know, there are plenty of times and we've seen it all over 
you know, all different positions and stuff. Like Tony Romo used to play through like broken clavicle bones and a broken yeah. back. Like he, he's, you know, and to show what Herbert did that night, I, I said immediately broken ribs. That's what I, I tweeted out broken ribs. And then, I, you know, he came back onto the field and I just said, update unbroken. And then, and then people started tweeting me after that because he kept wincing after. And so they're like, I don't know, maybe broken. So I thought for sure they were broken. And I've never heard of the cartilage thing either. And I think that's the same thing that Alvin Kamara is dealing with. And he just missed this week's game uh, due to um, broken right. rib cartilage. So or a fracture in the rib cartilage. Um, if if he's a go, if Herbert's a go, I am comfortable putting him in. Um, he's one of the top five options at the position. If you drafted him, you chances are you don't have someone else that is viable um, to to go over um, Justin Herbert as far as production goes. So I'd probably if he's if he's playing, then you got to roll with him. This does set up a little bit of a double jeopardy scenario for me, where I am going to sit Keenan Allen if possible. If yeah. Keenan Allen's back week three, dealing with the hamstring issue. And Justin Herbert's not right. Maybe I'll still roll with Herbert and Mike Williams, but I, th I think I would try to find another option for Keenan Allen just because you don't know how that game script's going to go. If Herbert's really not right and then Keenan's not right, uh, that, that there's too many variables there for, for me to start Keenan Allen and feel comfortable about it. So I will probably stay away from that. But, you know, the Chargers probably got to use them the, the way you would. Um, we'll get into a little bit later, but I think Gerald Everett could be interesting if. Uh, for Herbert sure is still dealing with those with those issues can't get the ball downfield or really push it to the boundaries could make somebody on that team interesting but we'll, we'll see how that goes um the next injury i want to talk about and this is the big one that's blowing up uh, the twitter sphere trey lance um this is one of those ones that you probably didn't really want to watch if uh if you're squeamish at all uh broken ankle and ligament damage um he, he tried to even stand up on it. Like he wasn't even really aware of what, what had happened, but clearly yeah. wasn't able to stand on that foot. Carted off the field. He's going to have surgery. They're saying he could make a full recovery by next year. Obviously that means he's, he's done for fantasy purposes for this season. And they're going to be real happy. They didn't trade Jimmy Garoppolo yet. Yeah. Oh, for sure. I mean, the, the offense and nothing against Trey Lance. And I, I brought this up last week, actually, we talked about how I wasn't, comfortable with Trey Lance as the starting quarterback right now. I just didn't, I wasn't a believer in him. And obviously <clears throat> this is not what I wanted to happen. I wanted to see that play out and have a healthy Trey Lance. And I wish nothing but the best for the guy, but it's the, the truth is the offense did look like they came alive when Jimmy G stepped in. Mm -hmm. And I, I actually think at least for this year, because Trey Lance, he's a young guy, he's got a bright future. Jimmy G, they had somebody who's already established in this organization. And, you know, the players surrounding Jimmy G loves um, loves him so much. So I think that for me, you know, this at least for this season, it's it's actually putting this offense in a better spot to have Jimmy G in there as opposed to Trey Lance. So it'll be interesting to see. I worry about him a little bit just because you're you're down Elijah Mitchell, you're back to a pocket passing quarterback. Yeah. I'm wondering if defenses are going to be able to play this team pretty pretty straight up. Um, they're going to have to be real creative. They've obviously got the playmakers in Ayuk and Debo who can 
make things happen out of unusual formations and stuff. Right. They're really going to have to be creative. Um, for me, I, I just start to wonder, I mean, how long until Kyle Shanahan's like run out of rope here? Um, he, he's been billed as this offensive genius. He spent three first round picks on this quarterback that I, I wasn't seeing enough from for, for right. it to be this offensive genius, getting the guy he wanted I just wasn't seeing it. So now we're back to Jimmy G. I'm not excited for Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, I would definitely be rolling the receivers out there. Maybe you get some more consistent quarterback play. Um, but uh, yeah, it, it's certainly a tough one. You never want to see that for a franchise that's just invested that much in a young talent guy finally getting his shot and then an injury like that. Hopefully uh, Trey Lance does come back and this doesn't set him back on his, on his career too much. He can continue to learn um, and be a part of that team next year. But Man, it's it's really unfortunate to see somebody go down like that. Hey, Garoppolo had a rushing touchdown last week, so let's let's you know I, he can make things happen. <laughs> that, that's true. You know that he's actually been one of those guys that's pretty good at it. He learned that from Tom Brady, I guess. The short oh. yardage and stuff, getting those extra yards and touchdowns. But um, we're going to move on to uh, another quarterback situation, and it's with the Jets. Uh, Zach Wilson has been out with that uh, knee sprain that he's been dealing with. Uh, they did say that he's going to be out already for week three. They're going to stick with Joe Flacco. Mm -hmm. And the coach said they're not going to go back to Zach Wilson until he's 110%. How much of that do you think is protecting Zach Wilson and how much of it is because Joe Flacco is tearing it up? Well, I mean, I, I think <laughs> here's what the Jets should stick with Joe Flacco as long as they remain competitive, which they've looked great. For, and we're talking about the Jets, okay? They looked great. Uh, comeback win. They were down, was it 30 to 17 with a minute 33 left? And, you know, Joe Flacco, obviously they needed to get an onside kick, but Joe Flacco made things happen for that offense. Um, you know, but we're, again, we're still talking about the Jets. I'm not expecting them to make the right choice. I think when Zach Wilson is ready, they say he's on track to return week four. Now I can see them bringing him back week four or week five, but. Here's the situation. Once Zach Wilson comes back, it's going to be one of those situations where if he doesn't play up to snuff and he's struggling in two consecutive games, maybe they're going to throw Joe Flacco back out there and we're going to be playing this game all year. So for fantasy purposes, <clears throat> as much as Joe Flacco is tearing it up and doing very well, I'm not sure you want to really invest too much in him because it's so unstable. Yeah, and this is this feels like worst case scenario for the Jets because if Zach Wilson's not the guy, yeah. they're going to need to find somebody else. Flacco might win too many games <laughs> for them and put them in a spot where they can't get you know a Bryce Young or somebody next year where they can you know turn the page on, on Zach Wilson. So hopefully Wilson comes back and and plays. But I was looking it up. You know, Monday night games notwithstanding, Joe Flacco is third in the league right now in passing yards. Isn't that crazy. I mean, he, he's, he's got 616 passing yards, and he's looked pretty decent doing it. The weapons are, are performing there. You're getting some production out of the receivers, uh, Corey Davis, um, Garrett Wilson, and, and the guys. But, um, yeah. You know who's number I, I, two? Who's number two? Carson Wentz. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a start, one of those starts to the season. Maybe passing yards is in, uh, indicative of you know how good the quarterback is, but you know they're, they're making things happen out there. 
the next one, Dak Prescott, we talked about this a little bit last week. Yeah. Um, but you know, that, that guy, that not a viable backup Cooper rush, right. Right. Put together a win, 235 passing yards, a touchdown and no turnovers. How are we feeling about Dallas? Still not crazy. I mean, we're talking about the, the Bengals who ha- are now 0-2. <laughs> you know, I think the Super Bowl hangover is, is real for the Bengals right now. Like they lost against the Pittsburgh Steelers last week with Mitch Trubisky at quarterback. And now they've just lost to, you know, a Dakless, um Dallas Cowboys team. So. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm happy that they won and Cooper Rush didn't do anything to screw anything up. So I guess, you know, if we need a placeholder until Dak comes back, I'm feeling decent about it. I'm just not I'm not over the moon. I just hope that we don't have to add Burrow to this list at some point this season. Somehow their offensive line got worse since the Super Bowl. And I don't understand what they're doing. They're going to get that poor guy killed. Um, especially already having a significant injury. I, I just hope they put it together. But uh, Cooper Rush seems like he, he could keep the, the ship afloat here a little bit for the Cowboys as a franchise. Uh, fantasy owners are probably going to be left wanting a little bit, um, but at least the Cowboys appear to be you know, viable as far as a, a competitive NFL team. Yeah, um, Michael Gallup should be coming back soon too. So, I mean, things could, as long as he stays, you know, he keeps the the team afloat and gives them a chance for when Dak comes back. I think that they could be hitting on all cylinders uh, very soon. That's my hope. Very nice. All right, we're going to get into the tilts. And Nate, you got one in the chamber for us? Oh, of course. We'll get to that in just a sec. So, honey, what are you going to rant about today? Worst day of my life. What do you think? Don't interrupt. It grinds my gears when you do that. You have to do better than this. Tell him, McCluskey. Tell him what time it is. You don't wait that long. The meatloaf! We want it now! The meatloaf! That's that's what our show is. All right, Nate. Let her rip. Okay. So I'm not going to do this all the time because, I mean, I, I get plenty of hate and, and, and trolls on Twitter. Okay? It, it happens all the time. It's... You know, I've been doing it for over 10 years. I'm used to this stuff. However, this one was a little different for me because it's so funny how easy it is to anger people and upset people, right? So my tweet was this prior to the games, obviously. Playing Naheem Hines over CeeDee Lamb, and I feel really good about it. Football is funny, Mm -hmm. right? So that was the tweet. Got over 400 likes. Like people are just going nuts like commenting on this thing and just to give you some context you know because context matters cd lamb just came off of a week where he was targeted 11 times but caught just two passes and that was with dak prescott in the game right Mm -hmm. so cooper rushes in already a reason to fade cd lamb this week just to see how things play out and for naheem hines michael Pittman was out and i expected matt ryan to heavily target hines against the jaguars and alec pierce was out right yeah, they're missing so, a couple playmakers. Right, so we're so we're talking about for game script purposes. I think this really favored Hines. Obviously, didn't play out that way, but whatever. There was logic there, but nobody wants to hear this. Now, here, here's some of the things people said in response to this tweet. Um, say you gave up without saying you gave up. That <laughs> That's one a good one. Laugh. Yeah, yeah. Uh, clown move. 
you're drunk, go to bed before you lose the mortgage money. Um, so many more. But my favorite was that's dumb as F, right? Mm -hmm. And like I said, there's so many more. But the truth is, like, the joke's on everyone. I won my matchups and the Cowboys won. So it was literally a win-win for me. Okay. Right. One more thing. Bef and again, more context here. CD Lamb had just 0.2 fantasy points more than Naheem Hines with three minutes left of the Cowboys game before he got two more receptions at the end. Right. So it was almost a wash between the two. Um, but perfectly timed, right? And this is this is this one kind of made me laugh too. Right after CD Lamb got those two more receptions with three minutes left in the game, right? Because mm -hmm. I haven't heard from anybody throughout the game because CD Lamb was very quiet, as I expected. Right. Um, so but perfectly timed, the same guy who did the dumb as yeah, rhymes with duck, uh, guy tweeted at me saying, Now don't you feel dumb? <laughs> It's like he literally was watching that game and and just waiting on any and he had to wait till fewer than three minutes left in the game mm -hmm. to actually come at me and say something because, oh, my God, he was probably like, oh, uh, what am I what's going on here? You know, yeah. but it's it's hilarious. The, the reason why this one it has me tilted is because I just didn't think I'd get people so angry over my personal roster moves. <laughs> like if I I'll read the tweet again, playing Naheem Hines over CD lamp. And I feel really good about it. Football is funny. Sure. If someone wants to listen to me, I get it. I'm an analyst. Like people take my advice. So they started asking me questions. Who, sh who should they play Naheem Hines over all that stuff? I would took care of all that stuff, but right. I was talking about what I'm doing with my own roster. And these are the responses I'm getting. I'm getting hate from everybody and people saying like, you're an idiot. And, you know, these, these analysts get paid just to, you know, for clicks and all this other stuff. But to me, it just proves that people are looking for reasons to be angry. And um, at the end of the day, they should be submitting hashtag fantasy tilts uh, to our, to our accounts on Twitter. Right. And you, you really didn't even twist the knife on that one. It's not like you said, I'm going to start Naeem Hines over that bum CD Lamb. <laughs> right. Right. Like, you I'm know? a Cowboys fan. Of course, I want CD Lamb to do awesome. But the truth is, as I pointed out, it's not like he went off. He didn't have a great game. He had 75 yards, seven receptions. That's a decent game. Sure. But to, to what I just said, he had 0.2 fantasy points more than Naeem Hines with three minutes left in the game. So it wasn't this like he showed up and he was this dominant force. I'm still worried about CD Lamb going forward. He's definitely not playing to, you know, the the value everyone drafted him at. So, you know, it's not that crazy to try to flex out some of these guys, even if they're considered elite, you know, on, on a weekly basis, depending on so many different situations that happen. So anyways, that just had me a bit tilted because... Of course, it didn't work out in my favor, and that's fine. You're going to win some, lose some. But, uh, you know, it, it was just my own personal roster move, and everyone wants to yell, yell at me about it. So it was, I thought it was pretty funny. I'm not going to get a whole lot of pity for, for my tilt because this is, this is first-world fantasy problems. <laughs> but it is just the worst when you have a significant lead in, in, in your matchup. You know, I'm up by 65, 70 points. And then I have Stefan Diggs going tonight. 
And Stefan Diggs didn't show up as much last week when I could have used this performance. I mean, he did well last week, but I could have used 50 points last week from Stefan Diggs. I didn't need it tonight. Like, can right. I bank these points? Just for the record, last I checked, Diggs was 12 for 148 with three touchdowns. I think they'd finally pulled him from the game. Yeah, it's crushing it. I mean, I, I, I want to put these points in like a savings bond for like week seven when I've got bipocalypse going on. Like it's just the worst one. you just, you lose one week by 25, you win by 80. I'm going to lose by 25 again next week. Like, dang, I just wish I could spread these out a little bit. It's, it's a love hate thing because I, I think that the head to head matchup is the best format for fantasy. I, of course it, it leads to these tilts. It creates that rivalry in your game where you want to beat that guy that knocked you out of the playoffs last year. It's so much fun, but man, it's frustrating when the points come all at once or not at all. And, and I tend to be uh, one of those guys with the streaky teams. But yeah, this lineup, I mean, I've got Jalen Waddle and Stephon Diggs and wow, just went nuts. I mean, it's, it's a deep league, a lot of starters, but I think I was over 250 last time I looked at the score. I mean, this guy put up a respectable week and still got clobbered. Um, but points I, I just matter, wish though. I could... points matter there and, and the standings. If, if you end up tied. <clears throat> you know, this is where you you take it. Even if you lost this matchup, which sounds impossible at this point, but even if you lost this matchup, your points do matter. So if, if that's if there's any consolation there, that's what yeah. you have to look into. I, I'll, I'll definitely take it. It's better than than the alternative, right? You know, being <clears throat> being close and having your opponent put up fifty from their receiver on Monday Night Football. Um, but while we're on the subject of Monday Night Football, this is my tilt part B. Okay, can, good because I have one too. I have one too. Okay, so we'll go to go to part B of our tilts. Monday night football, I, I get the two game thing because you've got these different media markets. You got East Coast, West Coast, and you can fit a couple games in there. Why did the games tonight start like an hour and fifteen minutes apart from each other? Like now I have to like pick one to watch. I mean, it was pretty easy to turn off the Bills game at a certain point because oh, it was well, it yeah. was out of hand. Right, but. The, the why they scheduled it like that i must have missed the promos is this because of like their deal with amazon or something like i can't figure out why the scheduling worked out this way um that they would they would play these games i guess they don't have either of the teams like neither of the games was on the west coast it's so they it's didn't want to push the second it, one back that far it's disney it's it's espn and abc they're the same company so they're just I don't know. I mean, it's kind of weird to have it overlap because you can't possibly, I mean, everyone's probably going back and forth or maybe watching on multiple monitors, but yeah, I like the whole, I'd rather stay up a little later, even though I'm an East coast guy, I'd rather them, you know, one follow the the other versus them play tandemly. Like I don't Right. Like well, and, and for me, because when they start the first game earlier, it, I understand because they're trying to fit two games in. Right. But I missed the, first part of that game being on the West coast. Cause I'm still at work. Right. But now I'm missing part of both of the games and I still have to pick one of them. It's not even like I'm getting the benefit of two games with a full one later on. I'm having to lose part of the first one and I'm still missing part of each game because they're overlapping. I, I prefer the Island games to be on an Island. Uh, Monday night football used to be the premier week matchup. I would rather them just get the spotlight, have that game. Um, I, I, I not digging this overlap stuff. So here's my live update real quick before we get into uh, the second half of the show here. Sure. Is I am the matchup I talked about earlier where I have the Cousins Jefferson stack. I also have the the Goff St. Brown stack. 
Nice. So yeah, that paid off really well for me. I am currently losing by two points to this guy who has AJ Brown, who is having a decent game, but not crazy. Mm-hmm. Five, five receptions, 69 yards. But I am going against the guy that has Lamar Jackson, Mark Andrews stack, which Lamar Jackson has over 50 fantasy points uh, this week. This is a two quarterback le- uh, league. So, right. And now I just pulled in with within one point. So if I lose this matchup, I've got, again, we're talking about a one point difference. I have a freaking quarterback and his top wide receiver, the best wide receiver in the game, by the way. So you just need a completion down. like a, of any I, variety, and you're good. I just Right, just like a five-yard completion, and there's 10 minutes left in the game. So I'm, I'm, it's a nail-biter when it really shouldn't be. Like At this point, Kirk Cousins has eight fancy points when he should have over 20. So I don't know what's happening here. And that's, anyways, to be continued. Yeah, we, we may come back to that one, or maybe that becomes a t- topic for next week's show. All right, so... Because we are recording this on a Monday night, we are going to uh, get into some pickups that you guys may be able to um, make it take advantage of for your week three matchups. We usually record later in the week, so we don't have this opportunity all the time. But Nate's got some travel plans, so we're squeezing this one in here. Yeah. So, Nate, after the first two weeks of the season, what advice would you give owners? Who, who's your top pickup for this week? Well, I think this is going to be a lot of people's top pick, and it's uh, New York Jets wide receiver Garrett Wilson, right? Mm-hmm. He's just coming off an amazing performance. Uh, eight catches on 14 targets for 102 yards and two touchdowns. You know, and for me, yeah, that's amazing. And that's where he really grabs you. But it's not just about his week two performance. Wilson had eight targets in week one, right? He's top 10 among all wide receivers in targets. And he's top 15 in receptions mm-hmm. among all wide receivers. He's been a lightning rod for this Jets team through the first two weeks. Um, he was drafted with the 10th overall pick, uh, in the draft. So there's no reason for the jets to reduce his involvement going forward. So that's why for me, uh, Garrett Wilson, and he right now he's rostered in about 23% of leagues. Um, so you have to go out and get this guy. I think he's going to be worth, um, the, the, the fab money, uh, to, to, you know, spend a, a healthy chunk of your budget if you need a wide receiver, because, the Jets are going to throw a lot. I mean, that's we're talking about the Jets here. Um, yep. And, and you know, as as I just pointed out, Garrett Wilson has been heavily targeted, um, you know, in the first two games. And I don't think that's going to stop because he's he's been very, very productive for them. This one's going to get a double seal of approval because I have Garrett Wilson on the top of my list as well. Awesome. Uh, yeah, exactly right. Yeah. Owned in 23 percent of leagues. He's the wide receiver 10. Right now, um, Diggs might bump him down one more spot after after tonight's <laughs> yeah, games, probably. But uh, yeah, twenty-two targets through two weeks. This is my draft strategy working out perfectly, though, because I was never going to draft the rookie wide receiver. Right. We've gotten we've gotten to see it with the backup quarterback. He's still performing. Now he's proven it to us, and I still have an opportunity to get him. Right, I can still pay the fab, but I would much rather pay the premium of fab then have to waste a, a mid-round pick on, on a rookie wide receiver that you just don't know if they're going to pan out or not. So this is how the rookie wide receiver conversation should go. Make them prove it to you first, and you still have an opportunity to get in there and get the points. Love that one. Agreed. All right, Nate, g- give us one more since you stole my stole my first one. Sure. Um, all right, fine. Let's, let's go with somebody who's 7% rostered. Uh, it's another wide receiver, 
I've got um, three wide receivers for you guys. So okay. uh, Arizona wide receiver, Greg Dortch. Um, Greg Dortch. Let me tell you about this guy, right? Okay, please do. Through two games, Dortch has 11 catches on 13 targets for 118 yards and a touchdown. Kyler Murray is going to continue to target the most efficient wide receiver on the team. Up to this point, believe it or not, Dortch leads the Cardinals in receptions and receiving yards, and he's tied with Marquise Brown and Zach Ertz for the lead of the team with touchdown receptions. Just one. Right. Um, so, you know, he again, he's been super efficient, catching 11 of his 13 targets. And uh, most importantly, his name is just fun to say, Greg Dortch. You know, you, you, you really want a Greg Dortch on your team. So, um, you know, if you noticed, I got I picked him up uh, last week in our in our dynasty league. So um, I was already ahead of him before his his even better game this week. So Greg Dortch, go out and get him. There you go. Yeah, I like that one. That's a good name and one that people may not have had on their radar prior to this. So I'm going to go real deep with a wide receiver here. All right. Owned in 0% of leagues on Yahoo last I checked. Okay. And it's Scotty Miller. Scotty Miller of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers is free. He he is there. And this is a this is a PPR league special though. If you're playing in a non-PPR league, just forget about it. This guy he, he's tiny. He's the underneath guy. He's budget Wes Welker, if you want to call him that, right? He's he's Tom Brady's check down underneath option. Yep. But he did get eight targets in this last game. And I don't know if you've been following, but the Buccaneers are pretty short on, on pass catching wide receivers at this point. Mike Evans yeah. picked up a one game suspension for his antics after the whistle. Um, Julio Jones nicked up. Chris Godwin nicked up. They might be without all three of them next week. They will be without Mike Evans. And after Mike Evans went down in, in that game at the beginning of the fourth quarter this last week, there were only five targets that went to Buccaneers wide receivers after that, and three of them went to Scotty Miller. Yeah. So there's an opportunity here. Is it going to be exciting? Probably not. But could he get you six catches, 60 yards, and a score? I, I think that's in, well within the realm of possibility. They're playing the Packers this next week. Um, if you if you really need desperation play where you just don't want to take a zero from your flex spot or something like that because you've got other injuries that pop up those last minute things. This is a guy that's going to be available. You know, if you have that uh, they're in the afternoon time slot, too. So keep this one in your back pocket in case you have a guy who tweaks his hamstring during warmups and you're stuck. You, you need to pick somebody off up off of waivers for that afternoon game slot. Scotty Miller, slide him in there. You're not going to get a zero. You're going to get something out of this guy. And I think that that could be a good safety net for owners in week three. I love that call. And, you know, before we continue with uh, more waiver wire ads, we're, that's why the waiver wire is there. Not everything you're going to do is going to be a grand slam. Like you, that's not the purpose of it. It's great when it works out, of course. Right. However, you know, it's it's also for plug, plug and play guys. Like you could probably bid a dollar on Scotty Miller. Right. And, 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 win him for for this week and he might he might only be good for this week or next week and like you said if you're you know on a team where all your wide receivers are pretty banged up and you need somebody as your wide receiver three or in the flex and you don't want to take a zero you know scotty miller can get you you know seven to ten points um just a nice solid uh floor considering you know, the, the target share he's probably expected to get with all those guys out. So, 
you know, the waiver wire is meant for many different things, plug and play, not just swinging for the fences for, for, uh, you know, every pickup. It's, it's not, it's not about that. So that's, yeah, good... he's not my start of the week. He's just right. a waiver wire pickup. So, so manage expectations here. Right. Exactly. All right. Give us one more. All right. So my last wide receiver, uh, for me is Jacoby Myers. Um, you know, he's rostered in 35% of leagues. People thought Myers would take a hit in volume and production with the addition of Devontae Parker. Are you ready for this? Parker has four targets in one reception. I was okay. surprised by this. I, I was tracking me that too. one thinking he's got a rebound in week two and he just didn't. No, he's just like not even involved. Um, Myers leads the team with 19 targets, 13 receptions, 150 yards. He hasn't scored a touchdown yet, but with that volume, I mean, you got to feel comfortable and confident that the touchdowns will come for, for Myers. He's, you think fantasy football owners will ever be able to put respect on his name? I feel like he's been outperforming expectations for a while now. We just he, He's just not given the credit. I, I agree, and I think it's really because he's on the Patriots. And the Patriots' offensive weapons, you know, and this is post-Tom uh, Brady, have not has not, like, been this elite. They have not been considered elite because the, the, the Patriots – team as a whole is completely different post Brady era. And right. I think a lot of people are just afraid of that, but you know, look at Jacoby Myers, you know, numbers last year and this season, he's not going anywhere. He's, you know, he's Mac Jones favorite target. It's pretty apparent. And, um, you know, he should be rostered in well over, I would say 60 to 70% of leagues, but no, he's only 35% right now. Okay, I'm going to switch positions for mine. I'm going to go uh, with the tight end who's who may already be picked up in your leagues. He, he's owned it more than half, but if, if he's out there, you're going to want to give him a look. And it's Gerald Everett. Uh, going into the Chargers season, uh, you know, you had Parham, you had McKitty, you had Everett, kind of a three-headed monster tight end, and everybody kind of had their favorites. Was Everett going to be able to put it together? He's been kind of a journeyman so far in his career at tight end. Um but he's really been been making plays. They're using him basically as a big wide receiver uh, in Los Angeles. He's got this season. He has 14 targets, nine receptions, 125 yards. The touchdowns haven't been there yet. But I mean, Herbert really tried to get him one <laughs> at the end of that last game. E yeah. Even whenever it was trying to you know pull himself out of the game, they were still going to him. Um, I, I'm not sure what to make of NFL defenses at this point. Um, you know, the Chargers get get Jacksonville, so. I'm not sure who the Jaguars are. Are they the team that shut out the Colts or are they the team that gave up 313 yards and four touchdowns to Carson Wentz? I, it, it could go either way. We're going right. to, have you know, let those law of averages play out a little bit here. But if Herbert's going and he's nicked up and Keenan Allen's not hundred percent, they're not going to have Herbert take these seven step drops, sit back there and try and chuck it to Mike Williams downfield. They're going to have to dink and dunk. They're going to have to keep the game plan manageable. And I think that could be high volume uh, for, for Gerald Everett. So if he is available in your league, definitely jump on him. I, I don't think um, he's going to be available much longer. We're going to see this number jump up to over 80%, I think, for for ownership because tight end is such a wasteland. Yeah. Um, but if you still have a chance at Gerald Everett, I, I would take it. Well, so I I even tweeted this out during, during that game that Gerald Everett looks like a wide receiver. Like he, he's a 240 pound wide receiver. He is just, but he just, yeah, right. And, and 
there he's earned a target share in this offense, regardless of Keenan Allen being at hundred percent, Mike Williams being as dominant as he is. I think that Herbert's going to target um, Everett, uh, you know, you know, a, a good amount going forward because it was just impressive. Every time he touched the ball, I'm like, I kept saying, and plus he's what number seven, I think You're like, right. just like, a new number and he a new look i guess like he just has this i don't know man i i really like this call and i'm surprised you know like you said probably after this week he's he's gonna go up so that being said um update the um (laughs) the vikings were just in the red zone and I, i was up by one point and now i'm down by two so it must have been yep the third interception for Kirk Cousins. Boring for our listeners to listen to this post, but it's going live right now, and I, I have to react to it. So anyways, let's stick with the tight oh, end man. position. Yeah, that's my, brutal. My only tight end um, waiver wire uh, suggestion, but I'll go a little deeper. Uh, only 3% rostered. Okay. And it's another Jet. Tight end Tyler Conklin. He's tied for fourth with Travis Kelsey among all tight ends with 15 targets on the season. Tied for fifth with 10 receptions. Uh, The Jets are going to throw a lot, as was my argument for Garrett Wilson. Same thing. It's nothing new. And there was talk going into the season, you know, during the preseason that Conklin was going to be the guy there. He seemed to be the better, you know, pass catcher in that, in that offense in the, at the tight end position. And so far through, th- through two games, it's, it's been proven. So he's somebody you could probably get on the cheap just because he's a tight end, first of all, and he's on the jets. But as the numbers I just read off, if he continues on that route, he could be a top 12 tight end this, this year. And he could be somebody that you play on a weekly basis. It's such a strange feeling for me to to be disappointed in a Jets team that's outperforming expectations on offense. Right. But we had talked about it in the preseason where, man, look at all these weapons the Jets have. This could be Zach Wilson's year to take a step. I didn't think it was going to be the resurrection of Joe Flacco. Like, <laughs> I, I wanted to like have fun watching this team, not just constantly being surprised that Joe Flacco's still standing. Like, yeah. yeah. But yeah, you're right. I mean, they've been getting it done. And, and it's not like they're stopping anybody on defense. They're having to get out there and, and throw the ball around the yard. So, um, you know, if, if Tyler Conklin's going to be that big uh, target in that offense, maybe pull down some touchdowns, you could do worse at tight end. That, that's some pretty good advice. Definitely. Uh, so you have some running back pickups for us? Yeah, I just got I've got a couple. Okay, um, go ahead. And they're both some pass catch pass catching options just because the running back position is so barren. Um, especially on the waiver wire, um, where y- you just got to target guys who get targets. And that's, that's where I'm going with this one. So my first guy is Eno Benjamin, Arizona running back, um, 11% rostered James Connor left the game against the Raiders with an ankle injury. He's not expected to miss significant time, but they didn't say that he could not miss, you know, a couple of games. And Eno Benjamin did split carries with Daryl Williams. Williams was the more effective runner, but Benjamin adds value for fantasy purposes because of his involvement in the passing game. He caught um, six of his eight targets for 53 yards uh, through two 
uh, two weeks. If James Connors to miss time, you're going to want Benjamin as a possible flex option on your squad in case um, you're you're running low on running back. I like that one, and and not for any real statistical reason, but yeah. just anytime I see a running back with D Williams, I'm just not inspired by that. Exactly. There's a bunch of these guys that I forget which one's which. Daryl Darnell, Damian. <laughs> And uh, they're all just interchangeable to me. They're all just guys, right? Yeah. But, but you know, Benjamin, there was some hype coming out with him when he was coming out of college. Uh, you know, where was the draft capital going to be? Maybe he fell a little bit further than people were thinking. But if he's going to get a shot and he's going to catch passes in this offense that, for better or worse, they're going to try to throw it around, um, you know, that, that could be a good, a good volume play there. I like that, at least through the air. Yeah, absolutely. And I'll just end it with this one, my last one. <clears throat> he's 24% rostered. Uh, J.D. McKissick. Washington Commanders. Um, he's been this guy for for a very long time. He's he's like another James White, uh, another great pass catching option. McKissick has caught all ten of his targets through two games for seventy four yards um, this year. So, you know, ten targets through two game or ten receptions through two two uh, through two games is something you want to keep an eye on, especially if something happens to Antonio Gibson. Um, you know, he's he's somebody you're going to want to have in your back pocket because he has proven in the past when he is given an expanded role, he can do something. So uh, he's just another guy. Again, for for running back purposes, the waiver wire is not the greatest thing, especially early on in the season, unless some significant injuries happen to to some main starters. So those are my two running backs for week three. Yeah, those are good because you're going to start getting those guys where, especially, you know, bye weeks are going to start getting here and you just don't want zeros. You need to get some points and these guys can give you those reliable points while maybe the other stars on your roster are putting in the heavy work. But you but you got to fill those spots and score those points to to bring up that total. So anywhere yeah. you can get it, especially if it's free off the waiver wire, um, definitely don't don't sleep on these waiver guys. There's some good options for everybody. All right. Well, that's going to do it for us tonight. Nate, safe travels on your trip later this week, Thanks, and buddy. we will see everybody else next week. Stay tilted. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the Fantasy Tilt Podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Fantasy Tilt Pod. Help support the show by subscribing. And please leave us a review on iTunes.